Well, it's my honour to be able to share the word with you this morning. And we've been focusing on the King and His cause, that we would love the King and live for His cause, that we would follow Jesus and be His light and His life to our world. And I love reading all throughout the Gospels how Jesus shares about His kingdom, the kingdom, how He's establishing His kingdom in this earth. And throughout these last weeks too, Pastor Jack has been really speaking about the kingdom, the kingdom of hope, kingdom of peace, kingdom of freedom. And I want to talk about the kingdom, something that Jesus addressed in Luke chapter 17. And it says this, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's an interesting statement by Jesus. The kingdom of God is within you. You see, at that time, the Pharisees, the disciples, the Israelites, they were expecting the Messiah to come. There was an expectation that the Messiah would come and would bring freedom to his people. See, their expectation was that the Messiah would come and overthrow the kingdoms of the world and establish the kingdom of God. But see, Jesus came and he didn't come to claim land or kingdoms. He came to claim hearts, souls, and ultimately the spirit of each and every man. He didn't come to conquer an emperor or a king. He came to conquer our sin. He came to conquer the grave, to conquer the devil and the enemy. Colossians 2 verse 13 and 15 When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus came to establish his kingdom, not through military rule, but by defeating sin, by defeating the grave and by defeating the devil and establishing his kingdom within us. His kingdom wasn't on land or sea. It's within our hearts. We are his and he is ours. And he's claimed us as his own by establishing his territory and his reign within us, within our lives, within our hearts. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. What a thought that we were purchased at a price, the greatest price of all, God's own Son given for us. He laid down His life as a sacrifice so that He could purchase us. We're his kingdom and we've been enriched by him. We've been given life and life to the full. And I think about him establishing his kingdom with us. It wasn't an invasion. He didn't come and just have a hostile takeover in our lives. No, he purchased us for a price. We were at our lowest place in our sin without hope, without light, without hope for our future. And he purchased us so that he could establish his kingdom within So if his kingdom is within us, what does that actually mean? How does that apply to our lives? What does it look like from the day-to-day living of our lives? What does the kingdom within look like? I want to make some observations today about the kingdom. 
the kingdom within. And firstly, the kingdom within can only have one king. Is it my kingdom or is it his? We each have this kind of tension within because it's my life, it's my body, but he's the king. And I have this wrestle, I don't know about you, but I like to be king. I like to be in charge. I like to do things my way. I like to try and live things out according to my plan. But God has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. It's his kingdom within us, so he should be king. And so there's this constant wrestle and struggle between me being, wanting to do things my way and surrendering to allow God to do things his way. I've said this before, but I love this quote. If Jesus, uh, Jesus is either Lord of all or he's a, he isn't Lord at all. Is he Lord of all in my life? In Matthew 16, verse 24 to 28, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. If you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. We find his kingdom, we find the richness and the life of his kingdom when we lay down our way and we pick up his way. We surrender to allow him to be king of his kingdom within us. Jesus addresses this again in Luke chapter 12, verse 29. Don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things, for these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. He's given us his kingdom, but we need to seek him above all else, to allow him to be king above all else. And this is easier said than done. You know, think of an example of, you know, my, my house might be, uh, my life might be like a house. And we say we have Jesus in our lives, but we, it's like we let him have an Airbnb room on the side. Jesus is in my life. But no, he, I sh- he should have reign over the whole house. God, I give you my everything. I don't want you just to have a portion. I don't want to just let you have a little bit of control. Lord, I give you everything. You are my king. And it's not easy. It's laying down of our lives, laying down of our way. But I want his kingdom to be established in my life. Therefore, he must truly be king. In Luke 18, uh, Jesus is uh, having a discussion with a man and, and this religious ruler, he's coming to Jesus and he says, what are I going to do to inherit eternal life? And, and he talks about all the, the things he's been doing, how he's been obeying the law. And then Jesus says this in verse 22, when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. It's not easy to give up our lives for him. 
We have so much in our lives, but Jesus calls us to give it up. In his devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers was talking about this passage. He said, Jesus did not show the least concern that this rich young ruler should do what he told him, nor did Jesus make any attempt to keep this man with him. He simply said to him, Sell all you have and come, follow me. Our Lord never pleaded with him. He never tried to lure him. He simply spoke the strictest words that human ears have ever heard and then left him alone. See, Jesus places this before us. Will you have me as your king? Will you give up everything to follow me? Is it your way or my way? And we just have a choice to make. Am I going to give him everything or am I just going to hold on and do things my way? So is he your king? Or are you having this wrestle with God? And maybe today you hear you've never surrendered to Jesus before. You've never made the decision to follow him, to surrender your life to him. Maybe today is that choice for you to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want your kingdom to be established in my life. Or maybe today you're following Jesus and, and you're living with him, but you've got to make that decision of total surrender. Lord, I give you everything. So his kingdom is within us. There can only be one king. And secondly, his kingdom is under his protection. If it's his kingdom in our lives, he looks after it. But what happens so often is we let outside influences come and influence the internal kingdom. In 2 Corinthians verse uh, chapter 4, Paul talks about this. He says, "If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized. But God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe, and we believe, and what we believe is that the one who raised up the Master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, and more and more praise. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, It often looks like things are falling apart on us. But on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will now last forever. It's a powerful passage from Paul. On the outside, it looks like things are falling apart. But on the inside, God is making new life. See, on the outside, our world world might be crazy. We face attacks. We face 
things that want to invade our lives. Pastor Jack spoke so well last week about how the enemy, how the devil tries to steal, kill and destroy, how the enemy tries to bind us up. But Jesus' desire is that we would live in freedom. But there's things that try to invade our lives through our circumstances and through the culture we live in. We face attacks daily. But God's desire is that we'd be protected, that what's going on inside, that the kingdom within is not affected by the kingdom outside in the world. In Psalm 28, verse 6 to 8, Praise the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives his people strength. He is a safe fortress for his anointed king. He protects his people. You know, I think of the picture I think of as a, a city surrounded by wall. See, God protects us. But I think what happens often is that I leave the door open. I don't know about you, but parenting young kids is a constant um, deal of patience. That my son, he'll get out of the car and just leave the door wide open. Like, what are you doing? Or in our house, you know, the, the garage doors just left wide open. Who didn't close it? But often that's in, in my life. It's like God's trying to protect us, trying to look after us, but we just leave the door open. And, the, and our circumstances, the culture around us try to get in and influence what God is doing in my life, the kingdom within. And so there's this, this battle that we need to be set free, but we need to have an understanding that, that what's happening outside us shouldn't be impacting what's inside us. That our circumstances, you know, I think we need to know that his kingdom is a kingdom of hope, of love, of faith and peace, no matter what our circumstances. In Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Around 20 years ago, my father went through a terrible accident at work and he was on death's door for a month. He was in an induced coma. He was in hospital for six months. And through that time, that's a, a time of turmoil. That's when circumstances aren't going your way. We had tears. We had fear, not knowing what the future would hold. But in the midst of all that, I had a peace which went beyond all understanding. I look back on that time and think, I don't understand how I could be at peace in the midst of such turmoil. Because the kingdom that God had put within me was not being attacked by the circumstances outside. If you get what I mean, so often things can try and influence the inside in our lives and life isn't easy. We have ups and downs. We have things that come against us. Jesus didn't say life would be a cruise. But what we should understand is that the kingdom within isn't affected by the world outside. What's happening in your world right now? What circumstances are you facing? How is it creeping into the kingdom inside? Are you experiencing fear, unrest? God's desire is that you would have peace that goes beyond understanding. In John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We can take heart, we can be at peace within, regardless of the circumstances outside. But also we face attacks in our culture. 
We're different from the world around us. I was thinking about the the idea of an embassy. I was looking up the definition. It says this, an embassy is considered foreign soil, meaning that it operates under the jurisdiction and laws of the home country, not the host country, the country where the embassy is physically located. This rule was established in 1961 as part of the Vienna Convention. So we are like an embassy. We are living on foreign soil. We are not of this world. Whose jurisdiction are you under? The world's jurisdiction or God's jurisdiction? Are you living according to his rules and his life or the world that's around you? In John 17, 14 to 18, Jesus said, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. There's craziness in our world. The world might be chaotic, but the kingdom within can be calm. The world might be shaken, but the kingdom within can be unshakable. The world might be confused, but the kingdom is truth. The world might be full of turmoil, but you can be at peace within. Don't let your circumstances and the culture around you influence the kingdom within. 1 John 4, verse 4 to 6, You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and as the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not as God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of the truth and the spirit of error. Greater is he who is in you. The kingdom in us is greater than whatever's going on outside. And don't let the world outside influence the kingdom within. His kingdom is under his protection. The kingdom can only have one king. And the third observation is his kingdom cannot be contained. It's not meant to be held to ourselves. You know, the implication that if, if his kingdom within, I should just keep it within. I should just hold on to it. But that's not what God's desire is. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't keep the kingdom to yourself. Don't hide away Be a light that shines to the world around you. In John 7, verse 37, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. What's flowing from your heart? Is it life? Is it the life of the kingdom? Is it what God has put inside you? Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I've received his kingdom. I've received his joy, so I want to share that joy with others. I've received his love. I want to share his love with others. I've received his peace. I want to share that peace with others. Freely you've received freely give. 
The kingdom can't be contained. It shouldn't be contained. We should be bringing life to the world around us. The king and his cause. This is his cause, that his kingdom would be established in this earth. It's a spring of life within. I've received his life and I want to share that life with others. In John 4, verse 13 to 14, Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will never get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. What are you gushing from your life? Pain, fear, anxiety, or the life that Jesus has sprung within us? Hope, peace, love, life, faith. I want to be an artesian spring in my world, in my workplace, in my home, in those around me, in my neighbourhood. I want to be a spring giving the life of Jesus to my world. Are you sharing the kingdom with others? This is his cause, that we would be his kingdom and that we would share his kingdom with others so that his life and his light can be established in this world. Amen. I'm going to invite our team to come. Is he really your king? The kingdom can only have one king. And I pray that we would surrender wholly and fully to Jesus. His kingdom is under his protection. Are we letting things outside influence what's going on inside? Are we opening the door to the enemy, to our culture, to our circumstance, that we might get put off course from what Jesus wants to do in our lives? And are we sharing our kingdom with others? Are we containing and hiding away? Or are we shining our light for him in our world? I want to close with this scripture in Revelation 11, verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. See, one day the kingdom will be all around us. We'll be in heaven, living in his kingdom. But I believe for now that he has established his kingdom within us, a slice of heaven in us. A slice of heaven, it's not in New Zealand, it's in our hearts. And so heaven is within you. Heaven is your home. Jesus is within you. His Holy Spirit is within you. So let's live like his kingdom is within. Let's live like his kingdom is within us, giving life and light to everyone around us. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that within each of us you've established your kingdom, that we might be followers of you, that we might walk with you, with your life, with your light, with your hope and your peace. And Lord, if we need to surrender to you afresh, I pray you'd help us to do so. Lord, we want to lay down our lives before you to give you everything to not hold back, but Lord, that we would let you have full control, that it would be your way, not our way. And Lord Jesus, I pray where we've let things outside influence what's happening inside. Lord, help us to 
remain under your protection. Lord, to not be overwhelmed by our circumstance, to not be overwhelmed by the culture around us, but Lord, to live in your ways. And I pray you'd help us to go from this place and Lord, be a light to our world, that we would share your life with everyone around us. Help us, Jesus. We love you. We glorify you in your name. Amen.